the sound of the great but sadly late Aretha Franklin who um yeah you know passed on the 16th of August this year you know it's just like I wasn't really gonna talk about it but uh the other day I I just heard the um the intro to uh, a different world the tv series and um i'd forgotten that she sang it you know and so it's just like yo i need to talk about like this talent man so aretha louise franklin born on the 25th of march 1942 so she i mean she just had an incredible career you know, involved in, like, just so much, so much, you know, so, like, she, yeah, she was in, kind of, around with the civil rights movement, like, you know, talking on that, being active, um, yeah, she's, like, her footprints are across, you know, recent history, you know, like, you probably don't realise, but she was the first woman inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1987. You know, that's that's insane. That's big, man. You know? Like, yeah. It's crazy. And, um, you know, she's just... She had, like so many hits so many hits when you yeah when you look at like everything it's just you're just kind of yeah you're, like you're taken away you know she's wor- worked with like and just all manner of artists from like Babyface to Danger Mouse oh, it's just she just sings and sings and sings, man. And I think everyone has probably have something attached to some of her music, you know? Like, you you can bring and, and think about, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, this happened or, yo... I met a guy that my first dance was to this song and you know there's, there's like there's so much that you can be like oh yeah you know Aretha touched my life in that way you know like she recorded 112 charted singles on Billboard it's insane. That is insane. Like, and out of that, well, that's well, including seventy-seven, a hot hundred, hot hundred entries, seventeen top ten pop singles, a hundred R and B entries, and twenty number one R and B singles. What 
like who else has done that like who else has you know has like that sort of imprint on the industry it's crazy you know she's got like so many albums man so many albums like her first a reefer with the ray bryant combo was released in 1961 and her last album Aretha Franklin sings the great diva classics was released 2014 like her number her like her number one R&B singles I never loved a man the way I love you 67 respect 67 baby I love you 67 chain of fools 67 like how many other artists four number ones in one year that's that's crazy sweet sweet baby since you've been gone 68 think 68 share your love with me 69 call me 70 don't play that song you lied 70 bridge over troubled water 71 Spanish Harlem 71 Daydreaming 72 Angel 73 Until you come back to me That's what I'm gonna do 73 I'm in love 74 Something he can feel 76 Break it to me gently 77 Jump to it 82 Get it right 83 Freeway of Love, 85. Yeah, it was just incredible, man. Just incredible songs. And, I don't know, like, you, you can probably say that, I don't know, like, Beyonce is kind of in that same trajectory. I don't, like, will, but would she... Be able, like, will she have recorded as much as Aretha when all is said and done? Who knows? But we can definitely say Aretha left the book. Aretha left the blueprint for it. You know, so man, it's a sad day. It's a sad day, but you know. You can't be sad that she actually died. Because you think about how old, like, she actually was. You know? She, she's lived, man. She, she, she has lived a life. So, when someone has lived such a full life, someone has... You know, done so much. You you can't be mad or sad at that. Just be thankful that you were able to um, you're able to bear witness to it. I mean, that's the main thing, you know. 
that you heard her songs that that kind of touched your life so as I see a lot of people being like oh it's so sad that she that she went she was 76 you know so she's lived a full life and that was a full full life so you know hey I'm just glad I've got that music still you know that you can listen to so um you know if you want a slow jam with your girl or your guy hey you just want a song to cheer you up remember Aretha Franklin and as I said she sang the theme music to a different world and that show Yo, that was the jam back in the day. I know a lot of people were big on the... Co- I didn't like the Cosby show. The Cosby show was just a little bit too... How oh, would you like some jelly with my jumper? It was just some weak shit. I hated it. But a different world, that was my shit, man. That was a little edgy. Hey, you know, you had everything in there. And Cree Summers, man. Woo! Fine as hell. So, Aretha was a part of that too. So yeah, man, just to, to, to take a moment and think, like, yeah, what, what, how did she touch your life, man? How do you remember her songs? How do you remember her legacy? Does hey, I do that, man. You know what I mean? I've thought about that, and yeah. I am grateful that I've still got that music to listen to to brighten up my day, you know. But um, yeah, welcome to episode twelve of the podcast, people. <laughs> Talking about respect, you like that segue? <laughs> but yeah, I there was a piece um that I saw the other day about uh Paris Jackson and it's just Jesus Christ, it's crazy man. It's so she is getting a lot of backlash because she was on a um a magazine cover, a Singapore magazine cover. Um, and so what, what the situation is, is so Paris Jackson, I believe recently she, she came out and said she was bisexual and in Singapore, it's still an illegal offense to be, um, to be, uh, anything other than heterosexual basically um so a lot of gay campaigners have uh kind of gone at her which i it, like it's a bit crazy really like uh one guy where where is the thing? Let me just find this. Um P 
piece. Like he came out, um, yeah, so here we go. So, um, what's his name? Jamie Tabira has, um, made some statements about her. And it's just like, as a member of the LGBT community, her decision is all the more disappointing. Um, on the one hand, I consider her possibly, Im uh, consider her possible immaturity, not condescending at all. On the other, I respect her enough to hold her accountable for her decisions. She may be very a very young woman with a lot to learn, but she's also definitely an adult. Now, see, the thing is about all of this is, like, no one knows what goes into people's decisions and why we do certain things. So, like, just for instance, I did not know that, um... You know, that you could face up to two years in prison for, um, you know, having gay sex in Singapore. I didn't know that. And I can guarantee a lot of people do not know that. So if someone came to me and said, hey, do you want to be on um, this magazine cover for this Singapore magazine. That's a bit of a weird sentence, but anyway. But you'd be like, Meh, how much is it paying, man? What's the deal? Okay, yeah, we could work that out. Like it wouldn't you wouldn't automatically think, let me look at you know, the um political landscape. Let me look at what laws are there. Like the certain information isn't gonna be readily at your fingers when you make certain decisions so you just do them now as soon as she found out she apologized she took the thing down but i'm a bit like look you don't even have to apologize look you made a decision you did this thing right you didn't know so you can't really you can't blame the person you can't blame her for that and then other things, look, and then like in the article itself, she didn't bring up certain things and talk about certain things. Look, if she didn't know, she can't bring it up. The other thing as well, you do realise this shit gets edited. So do we actually know what was spoken about in this interview? Because just reading something that's printed in a magazine, that's not <laughs> necessarily what was talked about. You know, I've edited a lot of things and sometimes you have to kind of round up what someone has said because they've just kind of talked for too long. You've got to work out, you've got to round shit up. So you have to break things down, you have to cut things out. Now, I, you know, I don't do it where you completely misrepresent what some people say, but I know some have done that. I know people, plenty of people that have, like, taken in the answer from one question, put it with something else, or reworded the question so the answer then sounds weird. You know what I mean? Like, 
That happens all the time. This isn't news to people. So to say, oh, you read something in a magazine or a newspaper article or on the internet. And oh, so straight away that person's an asshole because what they say is blah, 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 blah. No. No, no, no. Because you don't know what the full conversation was. So instead of just coming out and going, oh, this person is a bad person. Oh, this person should know better. This person. How about pausing, taking a minute and just thinking to yourself, you know, like, why am I assuming this person would know all this information, especially when it's not readily Known, Like, if you could go down a high street, you know, it's a different thing to going, like, who's the Prime Minister of the UK? Or who's the President of America? Like, questions like that, you'd assume everyone knows that. I mean, there's definitely been occasions where not everyone has, but everyone should know that information. So that's a little bit different to, is it still illegal to have gay sex in any country in the world like you kind of assume it's fine other than yeah like there's definitely maybe some middle eastern countries that you might go okay yeah i I, probably not there and again some african countries but on the most part you'd assume Hey, it's golden, man. Wherever you go, hey, people can be, you know? So, it's I find it weird to lambast someone about something like this. You know, also, it's not very productive. Hey, why don't you just help educate? You know, it, like, no one's just been like, hey, Paris, I didn't... I'm, just a little heads up, not sure if you knew this, but... In this country, this is what they think about this topic. You know, not giving her a hard time, just, hey, just giving you a heads up, man. This is the situation. Because, you know, I know you weren't looking to do anything harmful or mean or whatever, whatever. But, yeah, just passing this info on to you. But, yeah, like... And then you have all these weird little idiot no-names on Twitter and other social media just coming out going, oh, you're wrong, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yo, you, you know, you're a faceless goon on the internet. You have no clue. Don't, don't try and add your little two-piece just because no one can come at you. Like, you, like, we have to think, how do we like to be treated, you know? Like, do you want everyone jumping down your throat for every single decision you make? And just blaming you and coming at you and then telling other people to come at you for certain things? You would not like that. So, instead of, you know I mean, all this friggin' bullshit. And acting like crazy people, we just go, how do I like to be treated? You know what I mean? How do I like to be spoken to? And then apply that to everyone 
else. How about that? You know, that's what I think we should be doing. And I think the world would be a better place if we did. Just my two cents right there, people. Hadn't been out to um, any live comedy for a while. So uh, I thought I'd rectify that. And um, went to see Anthony Jesuit uh, tonight. Um, yeah, he was playing at the uh, Leicester Square Theatre. Part of his um, Funny Games tour. Uh, yeah, but I think the last time I saw him was um, he supported Chris Rock in January, and um, yeah, so you know, I, mean, I thought, hey, he was he was funny, so um, why not check him out on uh, his own um, his own tour, headlining the shit, and God damn it, it was funny. Ah, it was so good, and just like you know, when you're having one of those weeks. Or months even <laughs> And uh, yeah it's, it's, You know you just think Right I just need something A little pick me up And yeah this was definitely a good boost You know what I mean It was just Ah oh, he was on point Definitely on point So um He, he had uh, Mo Walsh Yeah Mo Walsh She um did support She was the warm up And um yeah she was good she was good. Like I think it it took her a little, uh, you know, what I mean, a little while to to warm up everyone, but then then she had everyone, you know. Like she had some good funny jokes, so that was cool, man. It was it was a nice little warm up for um Anthony, and then he came on and just destroyed, boy. You know, it's just like. What the one thing that drives me insane is always like I just just those safe jokes, you know what I mean? People that just tell like low hanging fruit jokes, just you know, like everything is signposted and you know, you know exactly what's happening, where it's going, and it's just it's just a bit mundane. But that ain't Cheswick, you know what I mean? Like you think he's gonna go one way and then he just flips it, completely flips it. And that it's always gonna be funny, man. Because you're just caught off, you're completely like, Okay, so this is, yeah, obviously he's gonna be Oh shit Whew, he went dark on that. And and that and that's what it was, man. He was just like Oh, he told some fucked up shit. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's definitely people who I would not bring to see him. You know? Uh, yeah. There's there's definitely people I, I couldn't bring to see him. But just so damn funny, man. So damn funny. Just, yeah, just in stitches. It It was great. It was a um yeah it was a, was a fun ass evening, and um yeah he did his thing he did his thing, so um yeah if if you get a chance I would highly recommend going to see him um yeah he's hilarious but if 
yeah, like if you if you think talking about abortion, dropping kids, I like murder. I was gonna say suicide, but hey, uh, after seeing um, Anthony, like we realize murder suicide is the only suicide that's worthwhile. Um, yeah, if, if things like that aren't your thing, I mean, if you if if you think that's all in bad taste, I'd say you better steer clear of Jesuit. I don't think he's for you But If you can look at all that shit And think yeah No there there can definitely be a joke Made Hey definitely go Pick up a ticket You won't regret it You will be in stitches From beginning to end yeah, that, that, that's, that's, uh, You have that guarantee And the best thing about the night as well Picked up tickets to see Ari Shafir So boom This is going to be a good year of comedy <laughs> As well as comedy I also went to a really interesting exhibition At the Hayward Gallery You know it's right by the South Bank Centre So um, yeah Reopened this year And I've I've seen some good stuff there, but um, yeah, th- this exhibition, unfortunately, it's finished. Sunday was the last day, but I was spectacular. It was it was ridiculous. Um, right, so, so Lee Bow, she's a a Korean um contemporary sculpturist. And she does a lot of installation art. Um, like, I think she kind of appeared on a scene in the late 80s. And, um, you know, she a lot of her work kind of questions the patriarchal authority and the marginalisation of women. Um, kind of by revealing ideologies that permeate through... Um, culture and like political spheres you know that kind of thing so like um yeah she basically transformed the Hayward Gallery into a spectacular dream-like landscape featuring monstrous bodies futuristic cyborgs glittering mirrored environments and um an exquisitely surreal Montreal foil zeppelin but um yeah it was it was really fascinating like one of the um uh one of the really crazy pieces was she had a a maze that was made of mirrors and um like at the center was just these just kind of all these lights so you had all the reflection of the mirrors and it was just oh, it was phenomenal. It was it was that's it's hard just really hard to describe. There's yeah, you just had these rows of lights just shining and it just looked like they went on and on and on. Just like you know, like you see fields of corn. It was kind of like that with lights. And you just stood there and it was just 
you, you know what I mean? You were just transported somewhere. You kind of feel like, man, this could be like the landscape of Jupiter or something, you know? It was crazy. The only problem was, because it was small. It wasn't a huge maze. Although, man, I was walking, like, you know, I walked into some walls and stuff. In the end, I just had to look down and follow shoes. So I knew I was going in the right damn direction, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, because it was so small, you couldn't, and the queues were crazy. So you didn't, you couldn't spend too long because look, you don't want to be an arsehole and, and keep, like, hold everyone up for ages. But, yeah, it it would have been good to go on, on a quiet day so you could really properly soak it all in. But there was just other work like that, stuff that kind of... There was a lot of work that incorporated light um, and and reflection as well. There was like, yeah, pieces of light and reflection. It was, ah, it it was a really good exhibition. I, you know, I wish I'd had a chance to go earlier, but I'm glad, definitely I'm glad I went. I mean, this is what it said on the um, South Bank website. For the past three decades, Lee Bowl has drawn on diverse sources that include science fiction visionary architecture and personal experience whilst making use of deliberately clashy materials that range from silk and mother of pearl to fiberglass and silicone. At the core of her most recent work is an investigation into landscape which for the artist includes the intimate landscape of the body, ideal or fictional landscapes and the physical world that surrounds us. And you really got that from this exhibition. It, it was, yeah, I, I would say, look, if, if this exhibition comes to your town or city, definitely, definitely... I yeah, go check it out, man. Yeah, it's a must. It's definitely a must see. After uh, checking out um, public in Woolwich, I finally made it to Peckham Levels. So um, yeah, like a friend of mine had been going on about it for ages. Like it's this cool little new new spot and they've got good food so a bit like all right fine let, let's go so when and yeah it was all right it, it was kind of um yeah it's very similar to um it's very to streets east in stratford so it's yeah it's it's kind of like that and um because they they've got uh crazy golf has just opened there and they've got a few different um street food kind of vendors that are kind of permanent residents there. So they've got a a Kurdish food spot called Nandine. Um they've got a Chinese one called um Hoi Hoi Chi, I think. I think that's how you pronounce it. H A O Hoi. Yeah, Hoi Hoi Chi. Um They've also 
got a chicken wing spot, drums and flats. Uh, and they have, um, uh, was it Connard? That's like a French, like French kind of influence f- things, dishes and stuff. I got a couple of bars like Lady Godiva doing a lot of craft beer, stuff like that. And, um, a cocktail spot near and far. That's upstairs. But the main reason I went. Was to try Picky Wops. Which is their. um, Italian pizza spot. But. Vegan pizza. That's the. Yeah that was the difference. Um, And I wasn't quite sure. To be honest. Wasn't sure at first. Uh. Yeah, you kind of think, mm, is it is it really gonna? Visit the see the thing is right. You you try gluten gluten free, and um, vegan stuff, and a lot of the bread is not good. You know the it's, it's not good bread. So yeah, I was I was thinking like, oh, do I really want to give this a try? And, um, you know, in the end, I was like, yeah, fine. All right. Like, the the, the lady behind the counter, she kind of broke down the different types of bases, the different types of mozzarella, and that kind of thing. And also helped me out because I don't do tomorrow. Tomorrow's make me horrendously ill. So, kind of tomorrow's. So, she broke it all down, helped me out. So, I was like, all right, fine. Let me try it. And, God Damn it, it was tasty as hell. I'm not even going to front. The pizza was so damn good. Like, hey, tell you, I, you wouldn't really notice the base was any different to, like, any other pizza base. It was that good. And the cheese, the mozzarella, I got a... Um, What did I do? I had a hemp base... And I had a, I think it was coconut mozzarella. Yeah, I I think that was it. It was a it was a coconut mozzarella, and it was just so damn good. It was so tasty. Like, I would highly recommend anyone to go check it out because it was that good. Yeah, and. Trust me, I'm I'm definitely gonna go back. Definitely gonna go back and try, you know, try out because they had loads of different types of pizza. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be going back and trying that because everyone they they were all so friendly there. Um, I wish I could remember the names, but every like everyone was like really friendly, really helpful. Which is like that's a big plus, man. Like if if the customer service is good and the food is good, you you're always gonna go back. You're always gonna recommend that. So hey, if you're in Peckham, or if if you've got nothing to do, uh, like on on a on a weekend, Friday night, you know the weekend, you want to go somewhere, you want to get some good food, you want to party, you want to jam, chill. Go Peckham Levels, man. Go Peckham Levels 
and go try a pizza at Picky Wop because you will definitely not be disappointed. So after that, I went to the thought, hey, let's go cinema. So we went to the cinema and, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Did the evening get better? Did it go downhill? Who knows, man? But I, you know, we saw Equalizer too. So, um, hey, let's, let's, uh, break that down, okay? So I, uh, went to check out, um, the Equalizer 2. I would be, you know, the thing was, um, originally I wasn't sure about the first one and I never finished watching it, but I checked it out, uh, last week, rewatched it and the first one, it, it, you know, it was fun. It was a very succinct story. Um, yeah, and you know, it it, it filled that time. You know, it, it was a, it was a fun action flick. So I was kind of looking forward to the second one, as just just that another fun action flick type affair. You know, um, yeah, I'm. I don't know, this, it didn't seem to flow as well as the first film, we, you know, were given a direct follow on, follow on, yeah, from the event at the very, very end of the first film, so that is how this one starts, after that though it just goes off it just goes off on this tangent and so it's more about um robert mccall it's a you know denzel's character it's more about his life really than anything else so i don't know it, it like it felt like the first i don't know 40 minutes it didn't really need to be it didn't really if you'd cut it you'd still have the same story you know um yeah which was a shame because like there was just a lot of expedition and it just didn't like the i didn't really see the purpose of it because you know the first film set up the character really, you know that he he likes to keep to himself. He's he 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 only reacts if you come at him. He will help. He goes out of his way to help people. All of that was established in the first film. So this you didn't need that. You know, um, it it also felt like. Things were telegraphed. Like, you know, when you saw a certain character appear, you would just, like, straight away, you just thought, right, they are not making it out of this film. You know, it, 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 they kind of really gave, it just, it, it just felt like things were given away, you know. 
so you have things like that there's like um yeah there was an incident in his flat and you were like well obviously if you do that you're getting got <laughs> and yeah that that happened so yeah a lot a lot of stuff is telegraphed uh and i yeah i don't know if it was just if it was just a writing or or it was just the the way the film used like plot devices i don't know why it it seemed so transparent and yeah because it's not like the first film was like this super sleuth film you know with intricate layers on layers and layers you know it it was an inception but it was you know it was fun but this you just lost that fun i think yeah the fun was gone and you're just left with I don't know, like a mediocre action flick. Right. And there didn't really seem much more development to the character. There was a lot of stuff about the character, but the the forward development seemed to be lacking in this one. So it, it you know you when the film finishes it's just like all right so where do you go from here like what happens now yeah it looks like the film has made a, a, you know plenty of money so they, yeah technically it wouldn't be against the grain to do a third but I just really don't want to see a third I really don't want to see a third of the these films like if they had to do anything. Maybe branch it off into a TV series where you actually deal with people's problems. You know, a bit like the old Edward Woodward version. Maybe they could do that. But film, I I don't think there needs to be another film. Yeah. You know, the acting was solid. Like, you know, no one really dropped the ball when it came to the acting. That was all fine. I wouldn't say there was many, like, crazy standouts. Yeah, but the acting was was fine. But yeah, it's, I don't know. I think if you really, really enjoyed the first film, you will enjoy this. But, or if if you like the Taken films, let's say that. If you enjoy the Taken films and things along that line, yeah, this is definitely for you. you you'll dig it for sure. Other than that, yeah, you'll probably just go, alright, it, it's, it's a passable action flick but that's all yeah that's all it is really that's all it is the weirdest thing as well it felt a lot longer than the first film a lot longer but it's actually slightly shorter than the first film 
which is um yeah that's weird like the first film is 2 hours and 12 minutes and this you know this sequel is 2 hours and a minute so yeah a little bit shorter felt considerably longer so yeah there it is yeah as i said look if you really enjoyed the first, if you like Taken, if this is, you know, Mission Impossible, if they're all your type of film, you love that kind of film, I think this will be for you. So, yeah, take it as you will, people, take it as you will. So I finally got round to um, finishing Cloak and Dagger. Well, I didn't say finally got round. I mean, I only started last week. So, hey, give myself a pat on the back for doing that. You know what I mean? Because I did that for you people. I'd watched the whole series so I could talk about it today. So, yeah, I am a hero. Thank you. But, uh, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? To be honest, I don't really know much about the characters from the comics. You know, they came up a few times in the Ultimate Universe, and they were pretty interesting. Um, they, they like they were used in. Um, I think like Miller used them in Civil War, um, and they've like cropped up a few times like that, and it, they've been all right. But yeah, don't really know a whole heap about them. So I was kind of coming into this blind, um, well, <laughs> blinder than normal. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Um, so yeah, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. But I, I spoke to my friends, um, some friends. I've got more than just, you know, a few, well probably, maybe. Who knows? But, um, yeah, and the interesting thing is, like, one of them, um, she liked it. The other, like, he thought it was okay. Actually, it was Cindy and Eric, you know, and you met them last week. But, yeah, Cindy really liked it. Eric thought it was okay, a little angsty. But the thing that they pointed out to me was the fact that it explored different parts of, like, Orleans. I was like, okay. So I'll check it out, you know, I'll see what, I'll see how it's going. And to be honest, to begin with, I think I was leaning towards Eric. I think I was leaning towards Eric. And I was a bit like, ugh, it's a little angsty, man. It's a little bit, it's a little wet, it's a little whiny. Oh, am I going to like this? Um, finished, loved it. Loved it. I tell you, this is the first terrestrial TV. I think, was this on terrestrial TV? Yeah, this was on terrestrial. Well, for you guys. Well, you guys in America. Um, yeah, but it was the first that I really liked. I mean, I tried Smallville back in the day. Ugh. You know, I, I've, I tried, I've tried S.H.I.E.L.D., like the end of season one, the start of season two, kind of shitty, so I still need to get back to that, but I've, I've looked at other things, just not, not really me, the only shit I really enjoyed is the Netflix stuff, you know, 
so boy I you know when it started I was a bit like yeah it's gonna be like the rest but yeah completely flipped it on me man completely flipped it on me and I was just I've just enjoyed it so much and I, I was very surprised the insights that I took um yeah the insights that I took from it I mean okay let let's let's um you know this is this is like the story because a lot of you might not know about this but basically Tandy Bowen and Tyrone Johnson, two teenagers from different backgrounds, acquire superpowers while forming while forming a romantic relationship. No, all oh, that's wrong. That that's a terrible, terrible description on IMBD because they were not forming a romantic relationship. So. Bad. That's that's bad. But it says they soon realize that their powers work better when they are together. But their feelings for each other make their already complicated world even more challenging. That is terrible. Because that is not just not what the story is about. I mean it's kinda right. It's just like, yeah. Two um, teenagers, they kind of come together. Hey, let's look at this one. This one might be better. Marvel's Cloak and Dagger is an adaptation of the beloved Marvel characters whose story is amid square aimed, ugh, amid, aimed squarely at young adults. This live action interracial romance follows Tandy Bowen. And t- it's not a romance, man. I don't know why everyone is trying to say this is a romance because they ain't digging each other like that. It's not. Ugh. You know what? Fuck these descriptions because they are terrible. It's basically two kids. An accident gives them these powers, but they don't realize they have these powers until they kind of meet up later in life. So they're starting to have these weird kind of experiences and they kind of see each other in visions and stuff. Then they meet, they discover that, yeah, they've got these powers and that the powers kind of work together but repel each other. And it's an exploration of... Like the light and the darkness in the world, essentially. That's I mean. That's what I think it is. That's what how I perceive it. It's a, it's yeah. It's an exploration of that, and the, the 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 reverse of each of these characters. Like Tyrone is full of hope and aspiration, where Tandy is. You know, she she's consumed with darkness, consumed with betrayal, revenge, regret, like just fear. And so it's how they both are dealing with these two aspects of themselves and how they kind of try and like heal each other, essentially. 
you know it's like that forming relationship and how they can interact within the world and in their own like sphere of of um you know the word i forget the word but you know what i'm talking about people just insert that word right there and it's a go boom but yeah that's what it is and um yeah you know it it so it like it's telling the story, so it starts off, and yeah, there's a lot of kind of, because they are teenagers, so you've got a lot of that teenage angsty kind of stuff, um, and you're not quite sure, it's, it's a bit like, oh, how's this going, man, I'm like, is this just a, like, a modern fucking Dawson's Creek or some bullshit like that, but no, no, it isn't, it's just very enjoyable. Like, I think, you know, I it's probably, yeah, I'd probably say the first one and a half episodes, it's that kind of wetness. But there's still glimpses of something in there, you know, so you're still seeing these things and you're thinking, alright, this could be cool, man, like, but I just need it to be a bit more, you know, but it's like building on you, it's like, it gets into your fibres, you know, I I think it's not until episode four, when you're just like, God damn it, this is insane, because something happens in episode four, that you weren't expecting, and you're Okay, if they're going to go there, then this could have legs. You know what I mean? Um, so you, you've got that. Like, and I will say, so episode four, you've got a little surprise in that. Episode eight, also, there's, there's something for you um, that you really do not... You really... Are not expecting, and it it <laughs> the thing is it does remind me of um a Green Lantern storyline. It's one of my friends. He he's a weird swimming dude. His f- favorite character is Green Lantern, and like he was t- always used to tell me about the stories and stuff like that. And there's this one thing that happens with a fridge, and it happens in this episode, and you're just like, oh. God damn, what's going to happen now, man? Um, And yeah, so you're just gripped and you're just like, oh, how is this going to end, people? But yeah, it's great. You know, like they're definitely two really good episodes. Um, There's also really, I think, what is it? Episode seven was really good as well. To be honest, it's it's kind of dealing. I, we've seen the concept before, but they do it well. They do it well to tell the story and to and to take you in that progression, uh, like you know where everything is building to. So um, yeah, you know it's it's really yeah. I've just just enjoyed it, man. Like you know, as I said, look, there's there's point of it and you're like but what's happening here you know it's a bit like 
is Tyrone just going to be whining all the time? That See, that was a problem at the beginning. Is Tyrone going to be whining all the time? And is Tandy going to just be like, I'm angry, I'm angry, uh, and throw tantrums, and like, I'm not going to trust you, you know, even though you've not shown me any reason not to, I'm not going to trust you, because I'm angsty, and you're like, oh, is that going to happen, and then, um, like, there's a, a situation with Tyrone, and um, this girl, and you're a bit like, Okay, so what is happening with her? Because, like, she's in the episodes, but she's not with Tyrone. So you're like, are they together? Like, how... What is happening here? Because you're one minute you're saying this, but you're not having them. So how is this going? But, you know, they pull it together, and it's just great. It's fun. It's fun as hell. So you've got to give props to um, Olivia Holt, who plays Tandy Bowen. Um, Aubrey Joseph, who plays Tyrone Johnson. Um, Noel Rene Bercy, who plays Evita Fuslia. All really good. Just really good in her roles at conveying all the emotions that we deal with because as I said look Tandy's full of darkness Tyrone is full of hope and but it's not as simple as that it's not as simple as that which is life you know what I mean? There's a lot of grey areas. And so it's looking at that conflict of... Because, look, as I said, like, Tyrone, he, he's a little bit whiny at times. But it's that conflict. It's just that self-doubt. Like, uh, you know what I mean? I want to be hopeful, but is like, why? Everything's going wrong. You know, I, I, I was aiming for this one thing. This one thing happened... But everything still sucks. So what am I doing? What am I doing here? So you see that conflict. And then with Tandy, like when, especially when she meets up with Mina, Mina Hess, played by Ali Mackey, who, another superb performance. Um, like when Tandy meets Mina, then you see Tandy kind of becoming more hopeful. And Tyro manages to get that out of her as well. So you're seeing this stuff. And you're seeing this conflict. And the way they portray it. They do it really well. You know. They they really show you those grey areas. That, that doubt. That. You know. That self-belief. That. You know. That inner fortitude. All of that comes out and you believe it. You really, I, I really do think, um, yeah, I really think you believe it. I, I mean, I mean, I would say that, um, I would say that, you know, sometimes the episodes jump around a bit too much. 
Because like within the episode, you're you're dealing with different perspectives, then different time frames, and it's jump, 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 and sometimes it's not always as clear what we're dealing with. You know, is this a different time frame? Whose perspective am I looking at now? So, yeah, I would say that gets a little bit murky at times. Um, but. You know, like, it's dealing with a lot of different topics. Like, loneliness, rejection, depression, suicide, like, self-doubt, like, trust. Like, all those things are in there. And it's handled well. I would say it's definitely handled well. And it tries not to be, like, a complete blame game and, well, you know, these are the wrong people and these are the right people. It doesn't do that. And I like the way it explores New Orleans. And it shows you those different sides to things. And also, you know, when you're looking at the voodoo, it's not just, hey, I'm going to call up spirits and I'm going to... You know, it, it, it doesn't do that to it. It doesn't denigrate it. It really kind of looks at kind of the myths and the, the belief system of it, which is very interesting, you know, so, you know, what I would say, listen, if you have the opportunity, check out Cloak and Dagger, yeah, it's been renewed for a season two, which is all good, so yeah, check it out, man, like the one, I will say the one bit that is just a bit like, oh, just the effects at the very end, the last episode, there's like really bad effects, but other than that, it is very good, very good, very worthwhile, and I would say I preferred it to Runaways, yeah, you heard it here first, I preferred it to Runaways, but yeah, you know, check it out, and um, hey, always let us know what you think, you know, you can drop a comment, you can leave a voice message on Anchor, whatever, 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 but yeah, like, this is one to watch, people. Cloak and Dagger. So, the reading from this week. Um, Alright, well, yep. Yeah, hit up two things. Um, Both parts of um, a series. One, the trilogy. And the other... You know, um, I don't know. There's, I think there's like eight books so far. But, um... Yeah, so the first was part two of the Wolf of the North trilogy from Duncan M. Hamilton. Uh, Geranda's Path, I believe um, I pronounced it right. But yeah, so so I did this one. Um, Alright, well... What it says is, Geranda's path is walked only by the brave. It is survived only by the strong. As Wolfric pursues Adel- Ad- Adelhad's blood debt, he soon learns that the path to revenge is never easy, and the de- desires of men and the will of gods rarely meet. Athelham seeks answers to questions long ignored. 
Rodolf chases power and wealth from the streets of Ellsberg to the dry plains of Dazarus. Wolfric walks Jordana's path and encounters a world larger than he could ever have dreamed of. Filled with friends, enemies and danger. The crucible from which heroes are forged. And it's an okay book, you know, but it's very clearly the second book in a trilogy, you know, it's, um, it it feels like it's just a placeholder before the real action comes in book three, because, like, I don't, I don't, like, you had that feeling of when you read it that you could probably miss it out, you know what I mean, once once you finish this story, you kind of figured, I just need, like, a, a second recap at the beginning of book three and I'm good, I didn't really need this, because not a whole lot actually happens, to be honest, there's a few little bits and bobs, but there is nothing really significant, I felt anyway, that, um, yeah, nothing significant that had you thinking, okay, whoa, that, I didn't see any of that coming, you know, everything was a little bit, it was a little bit predictable, um, and some of the actions of the cat, like you knew exactly what was gonna. Well, that's pretty predictable, isn't it? I'm gonna be like, yeah, it's pretty predictable. And some of the characters, you knew what they were gonna do. Yeah, god damn it, Kieran, man, Jesus. But um, but what I was gonna say is, look, it's you kind of felt that certain characters had served their purpose. You know, so you knew they weren't coming out of this. Um, but yeah, like, but it wasn't terrible, but I believe book three is going to be, yeah, book three is going to be where this series lives and dies, um, so I'm looking forward to getting down with Blood Debt, book three of The Wolf of the North, and, um, well, you know, we'll see what happens with that one, you know? But the next book I did was, um, it was by Benedict Jacker, and it was in the um, Alex Versus series. So it was book five, Hidden. Um, and this is the description. With his talent for div divining the future Alex Versus should have foreseen his friend's reactions to the revelations about his previous life Anne Walker no longer trusts him and has also cut all ties with the maid community after getting kicked out of the apprentice program as a favour to Luna Alex's own apprentice and Anne's best friend he checks in on her only to be told to leave her alone then Anne gets kidnapped. The council keepers of the Order of the Star believe that dark mages from her past may be involved 
Working with the keepers, Alex and Luna discover that Anne has been taken into the shadow realm of Sagash, her former dark mage mentor, and they must find a way to rescue her. But another shadow from the past has resurfaced. Alex's former master may be back in London, and Alex has no idea what his agenda is. Yeah, a little bit wordy, apologies for that, but um... Really enjoyed this book. I, you know, to be honest, as I said, look, it's part five of this series. But it's, I, I think you could probably read it on its own. But you will get more if you've read the previous books. But yeah, I think you probably could get away and follow everything if you just read it on its own. But yeah, no, it's it's... it's it keeps it keeps you enthralled all the way through. You know, you're pretty interested. There's some twists and turns. You're like, oh, how are they going to get out of this? Yeah, yeah. It keep yeah, it definitely keeps you on your toes, and um, it does a good job. I feel it does a good job, and it, like um, like it's not as complex as kind of. The like cloak and dagger that I talked about earlier. I don't think it's as complex in the way it deals with certain subject matter, but it still does look at like self worth, um, like doubt, friendship, um, like redemption, revenge. You know, all kind of things like that. Um. And you know it, it it does it kind of well. It does it okay. Like on that basic level, it, it's still yeah, it's handled fairly well. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just enjoyable. It's it is a very enjoyable book. So I I would say look if you if you haven't checked out um like any of the um the Alex Ferris books, hey what I think you should go 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 cop number one. And, um, yeah, I, I think you will enjoy it. But uh, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, the next book. I believe that's Veiled. Um, yeah, and to see what, what happens next for the characters. Because the way this is left, it's... Um, you know you're uh, you're kind of like well something big is is going to happen you know it's all like leading up to um yeah like something crazy so that's going to be interested but yeah if if you want to start this series book 1 is called fated and um yeah i would recommend it so yeah that's been um the books this week So after, um, you know, reading, like, uh, the the Spider-Man, Miles Morales crossover with Spider-Gwen recently, yeah, I enjoyed the Spider-Gwen character so much that I figured, hey, let me check out, you know, where, where the character came from, and, like, her own series. So, um, like, she came out of the Spider-Verse crossover from last year. So I figured, alright, so I check it out. So I did, um, so I picked up the Edge of 
Spider-Verse, which was like the lead-in. And um, so, yeah, I checked that out, man. And it was made up of kind of five stories featuring, featuring five different kind of takes on Spider-Man. So you had um, Spider-Noir, which was written by David Hine and um, drawn by Richard Eisenhoff. And uh, yeah, that was that was good. That was fun. And Spider-Man against Mysterio from gosh, I get. I think it was in the forties. It's set something like that. Well, and take it from the title, Spider-Man Noir. So um, yeah. So that you had that. You also had the Spider-Man, uh, which was um. Like not Peter Parker, but he had a guy called Aaron Aikman, who um he was the guy that was bitten and you know was taking show. That was by Dustin Weaver. Then you had a weird kind of take, like um I walk. It was called I Walked with a Spider, and it was like by um Clay McClude Chapman, and art by Elia Bonetti. And in this one, it was like the 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 guy bitten by the spider was just he was a, a nasty piece of work basically. So um yeah he wasn't a, he wasn't a good person. You the, like there was another story that was like I I think it's like S P slash D R. So, you know, I guess it looks like Spider, I don't know. But that was written by Gerard Way, and art was Jack White. White or Wyatt, one of the two. But yeah, that was fun. And then you had, um, yeah, you had the Gwen Stacy Spider-Woman story by Jason Latour and Robbie Rodriguez. And, um, yeah, that was great. So I think out of all the stories, I really enjoyed, like, the Spider-Man noir, the, um... Well, I, you know what, I think the, the Spider-Man, the Aaron Aiken one was was fun, that was interesting. I walked with, spy, with a spider was just creepy as hell. So it was kind of... It was kind of interesting, like, seeing that other take, you know. And um, the Gwen Space, you know, Spider-Gwen, that was great. Yeah, really enjoyed that. The Gerard Way story, I I couldn't really get into it. Couldn't really get into it, you know. But um, I know it's been, like, I think it's been a big hit. I think people like that character's definitely coming back for... um, because they're revisiting the uh, the Spider Verse with a uh, Spider Geddon, that's the new um, crossover, and yeah, so Spider is going to be in that. So yeah, you know, people enjoy the character. I just couldn't really get into it to be honest, but I think this was a fun intro, kind of setting things up for the um, for the story. So. 
yeah, I'm looking forward to actually checking out the Spider-Verse series itself. So, uh, yeah, I might do that next. Who knows? We'll see. But, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend picking this book up, though, for sure. So, yes, End, Edge of Spider-Verse. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun read, people. A fun, fun read. Oh, you know what? Every week, I you know, when I post my podcast, I'm always getting, like, love from some other podcast. So, you know, I'm, but, hey, you're running around, you're doing a bare thing. So, this week, I've, I finally had the opportunity to check a couple of them out. So, I, I checked out Not Rocket Science. Um, and... Yeah, that was all right. It was all right. Yeah, I, I think I, I can tell my man doesn't like Apple. <laughs> he, he has his issues with Apple. But yeah, you know, if you like, um, yeah, I'd say kind of a tech-based kind of approach to stuff. Hey, you, you should check out, you should check them, like Sean C's podcast out. So that's not rocket science. And I also um, gave a listen to um, Get the Belt. So I gave, gave um, those people's, checked out their thing. So, um, yeah, a bunch of, it's a couple of British, British cats. Um, spiritual tea. Cashmere. <laughs> uh, and... Um, Miles, yeah, and, and uh, you know they've got a good, they've got really good chemistry together. So uh, yeah, it was interesting, man. It was like they they were catching joke. They, you know, what I mean, they they just dealing with a lot of different stuff. You know, what I mean, that I'm not even talking about. So that yeah, it was it was it was interesting. It was fun. It was yeah, it was a good vibe. So if you want to um. I don't know, they were like touching on subjects like sleep and spirituality and dreams, um, like makeup and stuff. Hey, you know what I mean? If if you want that diverse spread of topics, hey, give those cats a listen, man. So let's get the belt. All right. And on with, uh, yeah, well, I think... Um, yeah, I don't know. What's next? Yeah, so I think... I think we're basically done. That's another fun week, right? Um, yeah, so... Hey, you know how I do. Finish the podcast. Go cook. That's what I do, man. But, um... Yeah, it's been a good week for food. Been a good week for food. So... Like, yo, my box, I had these beanie toasted, oh, god damn it. Like, sometimes, you know what I mean? I work in communications, but sometimes words just get stuck. Luckily, it doesn't happen in important meetings, but god damn it, man. Beanie tostadidas. Tostas, tostas, beanie tostas, 
it basically it's these kind of Mexican things. They were nice, although they're messy as hell. Well, for me anyway. Um, ah, aubergine. Aubergine is so damn good, man. So I had the this um Indian spice aubergine. So it's kind of like um, you put some like curry, like this curry mix on the aubergine and. It just tastes so good. Tastes so good. Oh, yeah. So then, yeah, it's just like some rice and then the aubergine on top. Boom. Yeah, trust me, man. You, 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 you need to try this dish. It's so damn tasty. But there was a new something new this week. They threw on. Um, see. It's meant to be a Mexican tomato jumble with spiced citrus halloumi. But had to get rid of the tomato, so I replaced the tomato with pepper. And, hey, I'm not just saying this, but I would probably say it's better with pepper than it is with tomato. I'm going to put that out there. So I would say drop the tomato and use pepper because it's damn good man like halloumi is just oh halloumi is so good it's just, i think it's just like oh it's it's like the texture it's like that salty kind of flavor to it and then when you char it oh man oh man man my mouth is watering just thinking about it but uh, I saved that one till last because I've been looking forward to that one and it was tasty as hell. Trust me, this is something that you need in your life. Like basically any halloumi dish is off the chain, but this dish was so damn good. So damn good. And so, yeah, that was this week. And I was looking at next week. See, I kind of got my dates mixed up because I thought next week was National Burger Day. But National Burger Day is, um, it's the, uh, I don't know, what the hell is the date tomorrow? Um, it's the 25th. Yeah, the 25th is National Burger Day. So, hey, you know what? And I don't know about anywhere else in the world, but I know in the UK, if you go to Time Out, you can get a 20% discount in a whole heap of places around London. I know for sure around London. It's probably around the UK, man. But get 20% in loads of different spots and you can, um, yeah, try a burger, man. Get like, go try new burgers and shit. So I would recommend that. But um yeah, so I thought it was National Burger Day next week. But it's this week. So I'm a bit surprised that there was no burger for this week. And so I was a bit pissed that there's not a burger next week, thinking you know, I thought it was next week. I'm rambling a bit, I know, but anyway. But, yeah, so next week they got a chicken burger. And I was contemplating. I was like, oh, do I want to do this Thai-style chicken burger? But I'm more plant than anything. 
I mean, if I'm gonna eat meat, it's got. I'm like, ah, oh, man, I I do. You know, if I go to a nice spot, I'll get you know whatever they've got there. Like when it, with the jam shed, yo, the the meat in the jam shed with ah oh, the chicken. That chicken was so damn good, and the pork, damn that melted in the mouth. So that's what I do. So usually, if I'm cooking at home, I just do vegetarian shit. Um. And that's nice. I, you know, I'm not like it's not this crazy craving for anything. I do miss. I do need to eat more mackerel because God damn it, I love mackerel, man. It's so tasty. Mmm. I think I need to go for sushi. I'm gonna give my peoples a call. I think we need to book a sushi night because it's been a while. But next week, though. But I thought, you know, I'm not gonna do the burger because. The the other things taste so good, sound so good. So there's Indian chickpea kuftas with sweet potato fries, a limey mayo and salad. I mean, how does that not taste sound great, right? You've also got goat's cheese aubergine, um, with a chamula frica. And cucumber and mint salad, and a Thai veggie rice bowl with ginger and soy topped with crushed peanuts. All of those sound so good. So I was a bit like, you know what, louder burger. I'm just gonna I'm gonna stick with the vegetarian options, and I might pop down to public and get a burger down there on a Saturday. The Saturday is usually my treat day, so that's when I might throw some meat up in the mix. You know what I mean? But the good thing is, all of these dishes, they're all new as well. So that's good. I like trying something new. So, you know what I mean? Like, now they'll throw in a lot of dishes that are good. Like, all the dishes that have come from Hanoversh are good. And, yeah, they taste good and all that. But, yo, when they throw in something completely new, that's always just like, yeah, that's always a good treat, man. But I have to say as well, so I've been having problems with DPD and they've been, they were just fucking up my delivery. It was like week in, week out. And um, after, I have to say, HelloFresh, they they dealt with that shit. And so now my, my box comes from Gopher. So, I, you know what I mean? I just think that's... Hey, that was good customer service. They 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 realized it was an issue, and um, they fixed that shit for me. So I have to I have to give them props for that. And um, yeah, their social media team is hilarious. You know, I mean, I'm I'm trying to teach them, teach them a pun game. Like you know, what I mean, I'm tutoring them on 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 that. But they're learning. They're learning, and um. Yeah, but you know, I ain't gonna lie. Like the the main um the main chick over there, Emily. She she's got it down. She's got it. Yeah, for real. I ain't teaching her shit. The the other two though, they got a little ways to come, and that's where I step in. You know what I mean? But yeah, they're a load of fun. So if if you you know what I mean, you've got an issue, you can hit those guys up, and they'll deal with it, and they'll crack joke with you. So it's all good, man. But yeah, I mean that's kind of it's kind of me, man. So I'm looking forward to eating. 
it's carnival this weekend so gonna go there have some fun um gonna go see black Klansman, the new spike lee joint so hopefully spike is still on his game and um i i don't know i'm gonna try and do some comedy next week so i think the pain in my leg is well it's still there <laughs> it's still there but um I, yeah I, I think I should hopefully I can get through five minutes a five minute set so I'm gonna uh, yeah I'm gonna try and do I'm gonna try and find a spot and drop some uh, comedy gold because yeah I've been I've written up some stuff and um, to be honest I think it's hilarious so uh, yeah I'm looking forward to debuting that so um I mean I think all that's left to say people is um here's a chance to make it if we focus on our goals if you dish it we can take it just remember you've been told it's a different world where you come from <laughs> so this is how I'm going to play it out but enjoy the weekend people enjoy your carnival and I'll catch you next week Yeah.